There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sheila Shoiga, and welcome to Ready to Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. This week, I speak to entrepreneur and mother Sharon Keegan. You just never know someone's story and they and, you know, Instagram and Facebook have a great way of, you know, putting this, you know, fake kind of face on everything but you know really like how long has it been since you've asked somebody like how are you like and and when they answer you that they're not doing great like do you follow up on it do you do you try and help this person or do you kind of shy away from the negativity like it's there's a sense of responsibility there for everybody just to kind of actually look after people right now Sharon lives in Dublin with her partner Sean and their two boys Liam who's five and Bob who's two as the founder of female empowerment clothing brand Peachy Lean, Shara's USP is being real. So obviously she was the dream guest for this podcast. Last December, we sat down to have a chat and it was powerful. 2020 was a year filled with wonderful highs, but also some terrible lows for her. She fulfilled a personal dream when she took part in the BBC's Dragon's Den, securing the support of three dragons. And someone who was really excited for her was her brother, Alan, who she was incredibly close to. Unfortunately, though, he was gone before it happened. In March 2020, he died suddenly, devastating her and the entire family. Shar is someone I admire massively. She's not afraid to be vulnerable and believes in taking chances. And in this conversation, she talks about Alan and the pain his death has caused, the whirlwind of Dragon's Den, 
the significance of certain numbers and recognizing signs, the benefits of movement and therapy, being body confident, and the importance of silencing your inner critic. Here it is. So we finally made this happen. We are here. Oh, I know. We've been talking about doing something together for... Two and a half years. Two and a half years. <laughs> is it, you would be, yeah, because Bob is two now. He's yeah. two in October. And I was good, I think, six months pregnant when I met you, so... Yeah. So we met at uh, an award ceremony. It was the Irish Fitness Industry Awards. We were sitting at the same table and I just clicked with you straight away. You know, it's funny because that night, it was um, it was a difficult night for a person who was with me on the table. And I think that's why we all connected, you know, the yeah, girly yeah. chats. Like, it was real... Um, I don't know, like connecting with your sister or something. Yeah, we just knew. I remember that really well. Mm. So there's so much to talk about. I know. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to the genesis of Peachy Lean. Mm. Five years ago now? Or over five years ago? Well, actually, so it was 2017. So I'll tell you how it all came about. So I fell pregnant at 33, uh, having my first. And it wasn't, it was definitely a, a wanted pregnancy. I, I wanted to be pregnant. But from the day I fell pregnant, I had major anxiety. And I like, I didn't know if it was an, the normal way to feel. Um, you know, maybe just your first pregnancy, you know, um, I'm going to have massive change with life and all this kind of stuff but the, it got worse and worse so I had this like overwhelming anxiety and to combat that I kind of after having Liam I went back to college because I was actually it was a long story but I used to run a company called Prime Minister I ran it for seven years and I was made redundant from that position in 2015 and I went back to college to, to study because I wanted to use my creative brain again. And I studied innovation. And that was really just to pull me through this kind of dark period of my life. And when I was in college, I actually um, designed a product for mothers and babies. So, you know, like obviously in Ireland, we don't get enough vitamin D. Yeah. So I was going through this kind of postnatal depression you know, stage of my life. And I, I, I wanted to like help people, obviously. I, I knew I wanted to help in some way with mental health or, you know, something like that. So I designed this product, which is like a skincare range, which when you put on your skin, it transdermally gave you your vitamin D every day. So you would just like wash in this kind of um, solution. That sounds we, so clever. Yeah, do you know, you know, I thought, I thought, oh God, this is it. This is going to be the big one for me. I'm going to be a multimillionaire. The, the reason why we couldn't bring it to market, because I, I, I went down the road for about a year after UCD with this okay. product. And the reason why we couldn't was because the HPRA, or basically the guidelines was that it was borderline medical product. Right, okay? okay. Which meant I'd have to go through clinical trials. It would have to do shelf life testing for two years. You're talking about a couple of million to bring the product to market. Oh, wow. And I was like this girl at home with a brand new baby, had postnatal depression, no job, feeling like a bit of a failure and feeling a little bit like kind of underwhelmed with life. I just thought, oh, geez, I can't, I just can't be bothered. So I kind of left, I left, I just shelved it, <laughs> the yeah, pun yeah. shelf. I, I actually yeah, shelved the product and started kind of on a, on a different journey. And like, I don't know, like obviously your listeners would probably relate to this, but anyone who has had postnatal depression, you can either go down the medication route, which I kind of refused, um, or you can, you can, you know, train your way out of it. Like I, I would say like movement is medicine and I found the gym and my, this is a bit random, but my 
love or what I found or my passion for was this like Olympic weightlifting. Brilliant. Which is which is so weird. Class. Yeah, but it was like lifting the barbell. Because you feel so strong. Yeah. Which was, helps your mindset, exactly. I suppose. Exactly. And it was this heavy weight and I was had this burden of heavy physical weight uh-huh. around me that was like, you know, I'd, I'd put on a lot of weight at that stage. And I also had this emotional burden of weight and lifting the heavy barbell was like a metaphor, like to lift mm. that, that, that feeling or that emotion. So like doing that, I realised, you know what, there's so much in this, like when if you can train your way out of a depressive state, like why aren't people being taught this? Like why, why in the coom, like in the mental hospital in the coom, why wasn't I told that like exercise and diet was fundamentally the number one thing I could do to make myself better mm. instead of just providing me with medication that I just, that never solved the problem, only masked the problem actually. Like it was like putting a plaster over the problem, going around this haze and fuzz, you know. So what made made you not take the pills? Because I suppose if and I'm sure, as you said, there'll be there'll be women listening that will connect with this mm-hmm. who have had or maybe currently going through. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're 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 postnatal depressed and they don't even know it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're given that prescription um, and you have, as it were, kind of you know, permission, as it were, to, to take the pills and you decide not to. I mean, that that's a gutsy move, isn't it? Mm. Was something in you saying not for me, not right? Yeah, I'll tell you what happened. So I so I did start taking the pills. OK, OK. And I just didn't like how they made me feel. Right. They like I had this cloudy vision. I, I wasn't normal, do you know, like it wasn't normal. Like I wasn't normal anyway. I was depressed, but the medication was like going around and I felt like I was in a dream. And obviously I'm just, I'm such a control freak. I like to have control. And I felt, well, look, there has to be a better way of getting better. So I kind of researched a little bit like how, you know, obviously, you know, for depression and stuff. So number one thing was obviously diet and fitness. And I was thinking, right, well, let's, let's do this. I obviously put on a lot of weight. Which well, is so common, as did yeah. I, as did well, I when I was yeah. pregnant. Every, every woman will relate to this. Like we lose, we we shed all the weight because we're absolutely like running around like ragged, running around after kids. But then you know you've got this like mass of routine or like sorry sheer or like workload that you're just not used to. Yeah. And yes, you're grabbing whatever's available, but also there's a certain point in the evening where you're so exhausted that you sit down and the only comfort that you can have or that little treat for yourself is your bar of chocolate or your cup of tea or whatever. And then that becomes a habit and it's them horrible habits that you, them daily habits. And then all of a sudden you you wake up one morning, you don't recognize yourself, you know? I think what you're tapping into now is something that I haven't discussed yet on the podcast and I think it's important maybe to give it a bit more time. Mm. So you said that you were feeling anxious through your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Was that the beginning of postnatal depression? Yeah. So only later I found out that I had, uh, it's called prenatal anxiety. Okay. And uh, then subsequently then postnatal depression. So it's an, it's a hormone imbalance. Yeah. And, you know, so relative now when you hear some of the horrendous stories in the media just recently, um, actually this year of mothers suffering so bad from postnatal depression that they do catastrophic things. Mm. And I have to be honest, I was that soldier Um, on my first pregnancy. You know, it was bad, negative thoughts, major anxiety, panic attacks, um, self-loathing, you know, to, to the level I didn't really even want the pregnancy. I just didn't want to be in this situation anymore. 
and that was first pregnancy and the combat you know to get me out of that was the exercise um but the second pregnancy now that was worse so the pregnancy was fine it was the aftermath then the second uh, after the second child i hit such an all-time low to the point of near i'd say breakdown but i knew i knew i needed help and i actually one day um walked to like a to i walked kind of to the there's like a oh, i don't even know what it's called but it's like a it's like i they they help people from mental health, but there was nobody available on the day. Yeah. So I knew I was that bad. And if I didn't get help that day, that maybe something would happen. So okay. I remember having the buggy and I walked to Crumlin Hospital and I broke down in, in the reception of the of Crumlin Hospital. And I just, um, it was a, a kind of an amalgamation of things because my child didn't sleep. He had um, severe... Um, colic you know like yeah. it, it, silent reflux yes. and he just wouldn't sleep so I wasn't getting any sleep the depression was getting worse and I literally just had a complete and utter meltdown walked into the uh, hospital reception and just asked for help and I said look I really need help and the nurse I will never forget her as long as I live she was so kind she brought me into a room she knew the baby wasn't well because he was he was screaming, crying and but she knew I wasn't well either. And she said, I'm going to take the baby. I want you to go in there and I want you to have a sleep. And she let me sleep oh. in the A&E for like, I think it was about three or four hours. Oh, wow. And I, so and I was that exhausted that I like I let her like I, yeah. I, I let her take my baby. And like even looking back now, I'm like, God, I wasn't well. Like, you know, I really wasn't well that day. And only for, you know, I don't even know what made me go to the hospital. I don't know what, what happened. I just needed help. And like, well, isn't it great that you did? Yeah. And you I look listened, at them. You know, you did that. Yeah. But I look at them poor girls that like didn't get any help. And I remember having this kind of real heated argument with the doctor, Dr. Chai, and I don't know her second name, but uh, in the Coombe Hospital about mm. like not really very much support from women after birth, as in mental health services for postnatal mothers, only medication. It's just it baffles me that there's no kind of care services for postnatal depression. And now when you see what's happened this year with the loss of, you know, people's lives and mothers and children's lives, like it certainly needs to be looked at. It does. You know, it does. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's kind of. That's where the peachy lean thing was born from, really, was um, trying to encourage women to fire their inner critic, mm. to own their story, to not be so uh, self-deprecating. And if I could provide them with a product that just helped them feel a little bit better about themselves, just that mm. little bit better, that maybe they would move more and it, uh, subsequently feel better. Yeah. And that's where it just started from. So that was five years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, Peachy Lean was born out of you being in the gym, you know, feeling good, feeling like, OK, this is something that I, as you said, you know, you wanted maybe a bit of control in your life again. I know this makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. Working out in the gym is good for my body, but it's good for my mind, most importantly. Mm -hmm. But the gear is not brilliant and that you wanted to make something that was accessible for all women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt that um the bigger box brand kind of only marketed to a, a leaner body type and they never really um, provided a product or a garment that 
fit a real woman, like, you know, with hips and curves and a bum, you know, they were they were um, producing see through garments that really only fit a size six, eight or a ten and only look good on a six, eight or a ten. So I just wanted to create a garment that allowed women of, of real shapes and sizes mm. to feel and look good. And then it gives them that extra or added support uh, in the tummy and the rear section so that they feel tight. Yeah. And it's all about that feeling. So like I think PG Lean for me came from a feeling and, you know, I want people to feel a certain way. And it's not, you know, obviously I, I say like, oh, we sell we sell confidence in the form of spandex and nylon. But like our whole ethos in the brand is providing support for the everyday everybody. Not, yeah. you know, and, and we want everyone to feel that one thing or that kind of that little spark to um, achieve. And that's really yeah, that simple. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a brand that's obviously really helping you on mm. a personal level as yes, well. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's great that you picked up on that because um, so much of my life is threaded through it mm. and I'm not afraid to be the voice of it either. Like someone has to be, you know, yeah. like you, you, ready to be real is perfect for me, Do you know, because I am ready to be real. I am. I am champion, the real everyday person. Yeah. And it's not, it's OK to not feel OK. It's OK to say you've had you know, you've been out of control, you haven't had everything under control or you've had depression or, you know, the inner critic is 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 loud today and I'm not feeling great, you know, because every human being has it. Every single one of us has it. It's how you deal with it mm. and it's how you teach others to deal with with the same. You know, like I think to be an influence or to be a voice for somebody who's struggling Mm. And it's so ironic, you know, because anyway, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Well, let, let's get let's get into it now. Yeah. 2020 has been a really hard year for you. Yeah. yeah. Your brother passed away at the, kind of the beginning of, of, of the first lockdown. Mm. It was at the end of March, wasn't it? The, yeah, the 25th of March. So the dreaded, <clears throat> like, I'm, I'm probably going to tear up. I don't care <laughs> talking about being real, but sure, look, this is it. Um, so you get that phone call that everyone always tells you about at like quarter to seven on a Wednesday morning. And um, your whole world just literally shatters because... Um, Someone who did struggle with an inner critic, someone who's take your time. Someone who you tried so hard to help, and he his um, his inner voice or his inner critic was a feckin' bully, yeah, and. Um, he just, he suffered very much with anxiety. He suffered with self-doubt. He was an absolute creative genius. Now, people would call him like a, a genius. He was so, so creative. And he, some of the music that he produced was just incredible. He's like a, 
And, you know, he's the kind of person that was the life and soul. And it's always like him and I are like he's he's the male version of me, you know, mm. and it kills me, like even sitting here to even say or realize that he's not here, you know, like I'll never hug him, I'll never see him. And I couldn't help him. I couldn't save him. And that kills me like I couldn't. Oh, he was a champion for mental health, mm-hmm. you know, always helping everybody. And it was only after he died that we realized he was going around helping so many people who were suffering with depression. And he was so struggling so much himself. And, um, you know, for anyone here who's listening to your podcast and, you know, obviously we've touched on postnatal depression, but depression is not just in the person who's quiet. Depression can be the person who's the loudest in the room. Yeah. And the voice in that person's head can be the most negative voice because, you know, it's just the inner critic. Like, I suppose I'm, you know, I've said it a few times, but like, you just never know someone's story and they, and you know, Instagram and Facebook have a great way of, you know, putting this, you know, fake kind of face on everything. But, you know, really, like, how long has it been since you've asked somebody, like, how are you? Like, and and when they answer you that they're not doing great, like, do you follow up on it? Do you do you try and help this person or do you kind of shy away from the negativity? Like, it's there's a sense of responsibility there for everybody just to kind of actually look after people right now. Yeah. And especially this year, because the trauma of COVID the trauma of grief and isolation that people had to deal with this year. Um, that that post, the, the, the stress of that is going to ripple into next year, 2021, so bad. And, you know, this this is the time to reach out to people and ask them, are they OK? Because not everybody is doing OK. Mm-hmm. And if someone who is usually loud goes quiet, ask them why, you know. Yeah. Because um, I just think this year has been a really, really tough year and everyone's grieving something regardless of loss of family, friends, but they people have lost jobs and all different sorts of things. And I think that that's going to have a major effect on people next year, you know. Mm-hmm. You spent a lot of time with them. I know you, you were really close. Mm-hmm. You said that to me. You were mm-hmm. very close in age, but you were just mm-hmm. really good pals mm-hmm. as brother and sister go. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few days before he died um it was your dad's 60th mm. and you had some big chats yeah so like lockdown happened um i think the week before um because i remember my dad's birthday was the tuesday i think or the monday he was 60 and um i had alan's little girl over the weekend and i dropped her back in and alan had been struggling because lockdown, you know, like yeah. lockdown for people was really, really tough and um, anxiety was was quite high for him. So we had we had a very uh, deep conversation about um, how he was feeling and, you know, he's just feeling like a little, everything was kind of getting out of control for him. And like trying to tell someone you love so much that everyone loves them and, you know, like you're just basically you know, it's very difficult because you're trying to save somebody and tell them 
how um, everything's going to be okay, but they don't seem to think that way, do you know? Mm. So, you know, I had mentioned Alan was suffering from depression and that inner critic and um, he he had um, he had been taking medication for that. And um, so that was um, that was literally the 23rd, my dad's birthday. And then he went to bed on the 24th and that was it. Never seen him again. So his death was accidental. He didn't want to die. He died of an accidental overdose uh, from prescribed medications. So that's incredibly difficult because you know, it didn't have to be that way. Like, oh, I don't know, so so hard. He, like, I suppose the messaging behind this really is that if you're not feeling a hundred percent and your inner critic is loud and you feel like you're not a good person, we'll just know that that's just not true. Thoughts are just thoughts. They're like, they're they're either a thought about the future or a thought about the past. They don't exist. Mm-hmm. You are a beautiful soul and a beautiful person and you're definitely worthy of this amazing life. And um, if you are struggling, seek help and movement is medicine. And I'm t- I'm the champion of that, you know? Yeah, it's it can it can be different and doesn't have to be that way. And medication is not the answer. I say that lightly because, look, there is people that do need medication. Sure. But medication is addictive and medication can have this result. You know, people do die from toxic medication and you have to be very careful and be aware that if you have an issue and you do feel a certain way that you can talk, you can talk through your therapy, you can talk, talk therapy, you can, you Mm. can go to it. You know, you don't have to start in a local gym, you can start walking. Just movement. It's absolute medicine. Like it's the most underutilized form of antidepressant is movement. Dance. Yeah. (laughs) You know, music. Anything that lifts the spirits. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, medication should be used as maybe the last resort. Um, But like talk therapy is so it's it's, I I always find that when you say like I I have therapist, right? Mm, I've been going to therapy for since I was first postnatal depressed so what five years nearly I love my therapist she's yeah, brilliant. now I have to say the first day I went in I walked out because I <laughs> I, I, ha- I hated her I hated her right and I thought I was going to be pulled out in a straitjacket <laughs> and I was like oh really? Jesus Christ I have to get out of here but um but she was uh she she's now like a friend like yeah, where yeah. she's incredible and God love her some days I'd say she leaves with a banging headache but you know other days we have the crack like mm. you know but there's a lot to be said for therapy. It's it's that one hour that you give yourself to have a good old rant at a wall with somebody sitting there watching you. Do you know what I mean? Without being carted off in a straitjacket. Like, it's great. It's just being able to just talk. Just being able to say it, like, and yeah. not without judgment. So important. Without judgment. And it's so important. So as you said, it's been it's been a slog. It's been a slog this year. Mm. While the course have been positives, there have been a whole heap of negatives. Mm. Um, and by the time this episode goes out, it'll obviously be 2021. Yeah. Who knows what will have happened in the time from we're chatting in December. Mm-hmm. 
when this goes out. But um, obviously the talk of the vaccine is really hopeful and great. I'm sure maybe people will be vaccinated by the time it's, it's out. But also when this goes out, you will have made a massive announcement mm-hmm. in terms of your business, in terms of Peachy Lean. So can you freely speak about it now and know and trust that I will not release this <laughs> until I get the green light from you? Yeah. So look, life is a roller coaster, as we all know. And um, so do you remember I was telling you that I was listening to the numerology stuff? Yes, right? the numerology so, episode. Yeah. So I didn't really understand numerology or anything. Like that. I still don't actually. I, sure I don't either. But, like, <laughs> but, I, but what I do see is certain things winking at me a yeah, lot, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So the number 23 keeps coming up. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In my life. And it's poignant this year more so than ever, right? Okay. So 23 was, 23 Aldwood Close was where I was born and brought up in Tala. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 23 Aldwood Close. And 23rd of January was Alan's birthday. He was 35. Okay, And it was that day that we were up in the Avonrea in Blessington and I had told him this dream that I wanted to 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 achieve. Okay, And I was going over to the BBC and I was getting this screen test for this special thing. And he was over the moon because he loved this thing as well. The two of us always used to watch it together. And the thing is. The Dragon's Den. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we were, we're going from an entrepreneurial family. My dad's a real, oh God, he's Del Boy Trotter now. That's the best way to describe Tommy. <laughs> he's like, he's had his finger in every pie going. This time next year. Yeah, this time next year, <laughs> Rogers. Oh, he, he was only with him yesterday. He's only saying that. But uh, so <clears throat> we were all excited. So that was the 23rd of January. Yeah. The 23rd of March was my dad's 60th birthday. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's the last day me and Alan spent together. Mm. And it was very emotional. So me and dad crumbled when Alan passed. And 
I had brought him out for pints, whatever, and uh, he was just having a really, really tough time. So I talk to Alan all the time. I feel him everywhere. He's every single day he's with me. And I remember saying to him in the car on the way home, geez, Alan, let me know dad's going to be OK because he's struggling like, you know, literally within a couple of minutes, I got a phone call from the producer in the BBC to tell me that they were filming over the course of six weeks and my date was the 23rd of September. Okay. Right, so I just said, oh geez, now like there is coincidences, but I was like no, shivers, no. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, there we go, Alan, thanks. Now, mm. the last thing I told Alan on the 23rd of March was about Dragon's Den. Okay. So I just felt I've, like, yeah, you know, he, he's with me, like, mm. you know. So it was a real comforting thing, although I cried solid tears on the on the phone. The producer thought it was crazy. And I was like, she's like, are you OK? I was like, I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's like, I'm just, you know, it's very emotional. Um, you know, 23rd, like why the 23rd and whatever. Anyway, it turns out that the time she told me to come in at was 6.45 and it was the same time. And it was six months to the day that I got the phone call about Alan. So like it was literally six months, 23rd of September. You know, on a Wednesday, Jesus. it was just too much. I was like, oh, God. <sighs> anyway, so we went over. They let me bring dad, even though COVID was like, you know, mm. it was COVID mad. And we had our own bubble and our own little hotel room, our own taxi. Everything was bubble, bubble crazy in Manchester. Yeah. And we were brought over and um, no one was allowed in the studio, but they allowed dad in because they knew how emotional it was going to be because of the whole scenario. Sure. And um I just felt like I'm I'm a real stress head. I have to be honest, especially about pitching or, you know, anything like that. I used to oh, yeah. usually that like would not strike me about you at all. Well, with I think with that, I would have been very stressed. I think I would have. No, I, I really am like, don't get me wrong. Talking TV, anything like that, I'm fine because it's kind of I'm, I'm most natural yeah. telling story. I, I like telling story like that's kind of a passion. But with pitching like, okay. a, you know, businessy type stuff, I would. Well, yeah, I would imagine quite even nervous, yeah. for the coolest, most confident person standing yeah. up in front of the dragons yeah. is probably pretty terrifying. I, myself, like. I would, I would, <laughs> yes. I would be terrified. I really, but I was so calm. Were you? I was so calm. And I, I remember saying like, my brother's here with me because I am so calm. Like, uh-huh. and, but I have to be honest now, I was emotional from the moment I stepped front in front of the camera to the very end, I cried. Now, like there's in and out, you know, like I was I, I, I know I delivered a very good pitch, but, you know, like they had mentioned they had asked me a question about over COVID and I just like, you know, lost, lost my shit. I think yeah, so. well. But um, and then like Peter at the end said, um, oh, your brother be very proud of you. And like, of course, like, yeah, I was in bits like, you know, but um, yeah. And it was bittersweet because my life had completely changed in that moment. Yeah, so tell us about the moment. the moment. So you do your pitch. Yeah. You're feeling calm. You're feeling Alan's presence with you. Mm-hmm. And what do they say? So I was ready to be annihilated, obviously, because, you know, that's what they do. And uh, they were kittens. They were like little pussycats. They absolutely like... Loved what so you were lovely. about. Yeah, they were yeah. really lovely. And, you know, it wasn't, it was, they were, they were very complimentary to me and what I was doing, the messaging. They loved the messaging and they loved that I was championing a real woman, like mm. not a, you know, like it was just different. They thought it was a bit different. And um, so I got an offer from two and then at the very end, three of them wanted to come in and then Peter wanted to offer. So it was like, I got, the only one that didn't offer was Deborah. 
Okay. Um, and I love Deborah, but Deborah is um, all about sustainability. And she had made a promise to herself over COVID. She wasn't going to spend any money on clothing unless it was a sustainable kind okay. of fashion. And we're just not there yet. We're, we have a plan for that, but it's just not there yet. And I completely understood that. Yeah. So they were great. And um, like the, you usually go to the wall, but my feet were killing me and I couldn't go to the wall because I wore these shoes that were a size too small for me. <laughs> Did you? Oh my God. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. They just got, they went with the dress, right? And they were real cool. (laughs) And I I remember stepping into them that morning thinking, I'm going to, these are going to absolutely, (laughs) like I'm going to break my toes in these. Because we've all been there. Yeah, I was like, what am I doing? So, um, they were like, do you want to go to the wall? I was like, no, 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 it's okay. Uh, you know, we'll just go for that. I was like, get me out of the studio. My fucking <laughs> toes are killing me. But I just couldn't wait to go back and tell dad, you know. So what do they say? What 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 do they say in terms of the all important ching? Yeah, it's cha-ching. <laughs> and you know, that's what I was thinking because actually there was one particular guy. I was looking for Sarah because I wanted a woman, right? Right. Because I have a real female champion. But then there was a guy there too, Sullivan, who's manufacturing retail he has like um you know his fashion all about fashion mm, and stuff mm. and i thought well look if we can get in business with the factories then we're ching chinging it like all yeah, the way yeah, to yeah, you yeah. know yeah, ching yeah, ching yeah, land yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i was like oh i really want him so he at the end was the one that came in and says oh you know i'm gonna give you a lifeline here sharon like you know i'm gonna you know do this this and whatever and i was thinking brilliant like but when he felt the product for the first time and this is like the first. So the floor opens. Oh, I have to tell you a story, right? So, so you, you, you the doors open, and right. you and and you feel them kind of going in and out of the doors, right? Yeah. But then they get you off guard because they don't tell you that the last time they're going to be sitting there looking at you. So they do catch you out a little okay. bit. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. They don't tell you, right? It's all go, Sharon, because I wanted to go off and put my lipstick on and do my hair a little bit, you know. Uh huh. It, it was. Full of surprise. And you're supposed to obviously, you know, this about being on set, stand in a certain way or whatever so at a certain point. And um, sure, I didn't even. I just burst <laughs> out of the doors and there they are sitting there. And I'm like, hi, I'm Sharon from so-and-so, you know. And little did I realize that I was supposed to walk up, stand and then pitch. But sure, I just whatever. Like, that's probably what the charm. That's probably well, what they co- like. But I'm just about to say, the thing is, people <laughs> connect to people. Mm. And they say we make our minds up by people within a split second. Mm. So you bursting through the doors full of personality and just being yourself. Obviously, they connected straight away. Yeah. So before you even pitched your idea, they were you were they were on side. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. You were asking for how much? So I wanted a hundred hundred thousand and I was given 10 percent away of my business. But obviously then I had to convert it into sterling because it was all, all, all fluffle yeah, yeah. in the morning. It was like 11% for whatever, I don't know. Sure, sure. Anyway, but they ended up um, offering the money, but they wanted 30% of the business, which is a big chunk. So, yeah, we. but, but you you're know. happy with that. Well, look at your you have to life is a game and you have to just play the game. Do you know what I mean? 30% of zero is zero. Do you know like exactly? So you have to just. Go big or go well, home. Massive congrats. <laughs> yeah. This is a huge, yet huge. another brilliant moment for the brand. Um, and actually, what we haven't spoken about is the name, Peachy Lean, because you do the sizes you do for, and as you said, with, with real women, real women can be a size six or a size 20 or, or beyond. So mm-hmm. being real is simply embracing your own body type, whether you're naturally slim 
or whether you're naturally not slim, as the case may be, mm-hmm. um, which I love because there is no one size fits all. No. And there is no body type that's more beautiful than another. No. Which is brilliant and yeah. important that we get that bloody message across. Yeah. And it's all about how you feel like, you know, you, do you ever you, you, you'll relate to this. Do you ever go into a shop, right? Mm. And you try on an outfit and you, you say, oh, that's lovely. And then. You know, when you go home and you put on the outfit that you're just going to feel incredible. Mm. It's trying to capsulate that feeling. Yeah. When you get a new outfit or something new, because you're still the same person, you're still the same body shape or same feel, you know, like everything's the same. But because you have that new or it's it's kind of like bottling confidence, you know, I think that's what it's all about. Like there is I have I am definitely not a lean machine. I'm a, you know, quite a heavy set woman, even at my leanest. But even at my leanest, I'm quite tall and broad. So yeah. I'd be heavy. You've got a fab figure. Yeah, but like and, and I own it. Do you know what I, I mean? Know, and, yeah. and the thing is, like, it's a it's about owning who you are yes. and being comfortable in your own skin. And that's it. That's it. That's it. And, and you, you know do what? That. The great thing is, I know this has nothing to do with the now because this has been, you know, we're five down, five years down the road with Peachy mm. Lean. I, I say we. I'm the honorary She's on the board. <laughs> board member of Peachy Lean. <laughs> we, to get we. that. Um, <laughs> but like you're five years on, but like, come here. Everybody's living in, in, in you know, gym gear, activewear, whatever you want to call it, mm. COVID. Even if... I've done it many times. I've been on Zoom. Sure, look, they're on me now. Oh, yeah. I throw on a Guna. Yeah. But I might be wearing the leggings underneath. Yeah, same. Do you know what I mean? The and the cosy yeah. socks. But nobody needs to know. No. Because <laughs> they don't see it. But like, it is perfect timing as well for this next boost to happen because it, we're all we're all about the comfort. Mm. So I suppose it's, you've had a really bittersweet is probably not the word, not the no, appropriate it is, word. It, but it it's, really is bittersweet. And yeah. Like, we walked out of that studio on cloud nine. Yeah. And we went into a pub, you know, like a, a really local Manchester pub and we cried solid tears, myself and my father. And we were happy one minute and we were crying the next minute because that person's gone. Like he's not here. Now he's here. He's with me in my heart and he's with me every day. He like, he really does push me. Like if I want to do something, I'll think what would Alan do? And he, he'll just push me. But I'll never hug him again. And that, like, sorry. Oh. Um, Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. Sorry, it's just so hard because, like, we all, and this is so true, like, we all want to live on top of the mountain. But what we don't realise, it's the journey on the way up is the most exciting. And, like, I've always wanted to, to live at the top of the mountain and now I'm getting that but like what I failed to realise was I I had it all you know I had like I was the richest person alive last year and it doesn't mean like it's just so hard because I just love him to experience all of this with him yeah. you know I'm sorry for upsetting you I don't mean to upset no. anybody but it's God. just um in some way, he's pushing me and I feel him, you know, encouraging me and making all of this happen. But I just wish he was here. Like, oh, sorry. He'd have been, he would have been so proud. Like. Yeah. Sorry. Don't apologize. 
so sorry, but um, I will forever make him proud, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think PG Lane for me now is like a mission. Mm. Like my mission is to not save everyone because you can't, but to empower them to to squash that inner critic because, you know, yesterday isn't prom or yesterday's gone, isn't that right? It doesn't exist. Yeah. Tomorrow isn't promised. And we need to see the epic in every day because we just never know. We never know. I'm fixated by the colour on the wall because Alan's colour was yellow and I'm drawn to it here in the picture. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's speaking at me on the wall over there. But you see, you feel, you see, you, you recognise signs that you're given. Everything, yeah. The yeah. 23 is very prominent, like I'm wearing it today. But um, And even where we are, the first thing you did when you came into the room, you looked out the window and you said across the road. Yeah. Is yeah, where Alan studio, used to have his studio. My brother used to run a, le- a record label called Acetone and he had... Um, he had, um, he produced all different, you know, like obviously dance music and stuff, but he, he ran many different nights. He had a, a, a studio just across the road here and literally down that, that street there is a place called the Mez. Okay, yeah. He used to run Assy Disco in the Mez and um, it was a huge success for him, like a major, mm. major success. And then down the Thomas Street, you had McRudders which was like back in the heyday, like your hedonistic kind of madness, like it was great crack. But uh, yeah, I always feel like when the recession hit for Alan, the music, you know, the music industry kind of died a little bit and part of his soul was crushed because that was his life, like music and Mm. events. And he found it quite difficult because that was his passion. So, but... um, yeah. And creatives have really been yeah. impacted massively. in 2020. Yeah, massively. I, I find creatives, and this is another thing, like for your listeners, like I find creatives at the ones that struggle the most. Yeah. Because people always say like, um, you know, a genius or someone's best work, like it's only it's only when Alan actually had a, a, a podcast called um, he, had, he had one. He only done one podcast. And it was called self-made. Mm. And he, he, he spoke very eloquently about the fact that people only ever say they're self-made when they've made it. Yeah, I get you. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They don't yeah. say I'm a self-made fuck up. Yeah, 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 I mean? yeah, yeah. And he felt that way sometimes that like when was when when was like his when was it going to be like his, when was his success going to because he had a major success early on in life. And I think. That he was waiting for that again, do you know. And the toughest part of it, but it is, and people relate, is um, yeah. was no funeral, yeah, okay, no hugs. My my brothers, like twenty seven thousand people watched his funeral online. The, the the church would have been out the door, like the church would have been packed. No funeral, like our family carrying his coffin, like it was horrendous. Like no, no one there to hug us. Mm-hmm. No one even knocked to our door. Like it was horrible. It was the toughest and still is very raw, you know, because even now, eight months on, coming up to nine months on, we don't we never had we didn't didn't have that funeral. We didn't have that like support network that, you know, loads of people around to kind of talk to. It's just been like it never really happened. 
And when I talk about the ripple effect of like the post-traumatic stress that everyone will go through next year, you know, did that really happen? Mm. You know, and that's what people are going to feel, I'd say. I know I do anyway. So. And as somebody who has been through postnatal depression and you still and you've been challenged a, a lot in different ways, what what advice would you have? Because I know you've already given mm. a lot, to be honest. You've already said a lot that I think is definitely going to stay with me and the importance of checking in with people mm. and really asking them, Do how it? are you? How yeah. are you? Yeah. Yeah. And wait for the answer, the real answer. Mm. Is that one of the most important things that we can do for each other? Yeah, I, I always feel and, and follow up like, yeah, okay. people ask me all the time, like, how are you? And I'll say, oh, I have good days and I have bad days. And they say, oh, you want to meet me for a coffee? And I'll say, yeah. And they never follow up. And I'm like ready for the coffee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, OK. But um, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm like, I'm not I'm not giving out or anything like that. It's just that I, I always follow up and I always find that the people who are the best at this situation are because they've lived it or they, they, they're they they're very aware of it. And that's why Alan and, and probably possibly me as well, I try and help everybody mm. because, you know, I need help. Yeah, I'm not afraid to say that I need help. Like I need support. I need hugs. I need to be loved. I need people to ask me, am I OK sometimes because I'm not, you know, like I've lost my brother. I'm grieving, you know, and like I've shit six years like do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. and don't get me wrong like I'm not going around morbidly like looking for attention or anything I just sometimes I suppose it's just look you, people who know they just know and because they've they've lived it you know I think when you've lived it in a dark place you're you're always willing to help others always mm. there'll be a lot of people listening that will be deep in it themselves and uh, will be probably hanging on to your every word you know because the more people speak about grief and real issues that affect people, the more it helps other people as well, maybe recognize their own pain and speak up. And, and as you said, ask for help if you need it. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Like there is going to be people that are sick of hearing your stuff, but just me, like there's there's a lot of people that want to listen. Yeah. And I feel as well, you see, because I'm I. People think I'm really strong, right? And I am, I am. Like, I tell myself every day I'm strong. But, like, it's the strong ones you have to watch as well. Do you know what I mean? Because we're trying to help everybody else. And sometimes we need saving too. Mm. And it's okay to ask for help. People do want to help. And what happens in grief is you isolate yourself. You, You want help, but you don't want to go there all the time because the pain is so raw. So you kind of hold back and tell everyone you're fine and you're you're really not like, you know, so if you can't talk to friends and family and you feel like you're burdening people with your your stuff, please, please go to a therapist because they're great. They're yeah. absolutely great. Like they're just that one hour for you. It's like it's like a donut, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your donut for your emotions. <laughs> that hit of yeah, like yes, I love gorgeousness, that. you know? I love that. <laughs> Ah, uh, so, it's yeah. so true. It is so true. It's comforting for the soul. And, and and sometimes what puts people off is I can't afford it. But maybe and I know times are tough. Some people have really struggled financially. But if you look at what you're spending, oftentimes we can spend money on crap that we don't really need. Mm. Whereas if you save a few, Bob, 
therapy isn't ex- as expensive as people think either. Mm. And you can shop around yeah. and find someone reasonable. <laughs> can you imagine that's a new I, I'm business head of me. I'm like a website for therapists where you shop around. I, I have to be honest now. And I, I've, I've had these chats with my therapist is that like I do. I do think there's a lack of um, services or like information for services for people, because, for instance, one therapist might be good for one person, but like psychotherapy might be better for someone. Yeah, totally. Like, there's not enough information. I didn't realize, like obviously before therapy, I didn't realize that I was harboring all the emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I know I was. I went to see Jerry Hussey one time, and he said that um, your emotion, emotion, your like, something about it flowing or like, oh, sorry, no, it was disease. That's what he That's said. That's right. If you're dis, if you're in a diseased state, yeah. you're you're manifesting disease in your body, and I'm that really hit home with me. I was thinking, oh, oh my god, I'm gonna end up diseased. Oh my god, oh my god. But like, it's so true. Like if I if this if I'm harboring all this emotion, and I'm feeling pain or I'm not breathing properly, you know, and that's from emotions. Mm. Well, then what's happening to the insides of my body? And when I talk about thoughts and thoughts being only thoughts. Mm. Yeah. They are only thoughts and you can choose to go down the road of the thought and struggle and, and do all of this disease to your body. Or you can stop the thought right there in that moment and say, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And literally catch walk yourself. away from it. Yeah. Catch yourself. Exactly. And, and as what you do, and which is something I'm all about as well, switching it up and mm-hmm. changing it into I'm strong. Yeah. I'm manifesting. Able, yeah. And manifesting yeah. the good, because if the body responds to the negative, it'll also respond to the positive. Absolutely. Looking in, in the mirror and saying, oh, my God, I'm gorgeous today. Like that's yeah. like a big deal. And even if you don't feel it, the more you tell yourself, yeah. you will start to feel yeah. it. Yeah. And I always say fake it when you fake it, you make it. You're in a bad humor. Just go out with a smile. Yeah. Speak with a smile. Answer the phone with a smile and all of a sudden you're smiling. Mm. Like, really. Like, Irish Irish people are great at, like, self-deprecation and slagging ourselves. And we're great at the slaggings. We're great at the slaggings. Yeah. But we don't sit and laugh together enough. Mm. And, like, this year, God, we like, we're, we're due... We're due two years of laughter we now are, in 2021, yeah. you know? And even though you've been through some of the darkest moments mm. this year... There's still always room for laughter and sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a great release, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To yeah. laugh over yeah. things. Next, like it, as soon as this vaccine, you know, is kind of free for everybody and we get back to a new normal. Yeah. I am spending time with people like I miss energy. I miss, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never realised and I am very in tune with energy mm. more so now with Alan gone and he, him, him being around. But I never realised the impact of people's energy on you mm. when you're when you're on your own in, in a house for a certain amount of time like a week or so that the mood will absolutely go down a level it, you know you will feel low and as soon as you go out into a space and you're impacted by other people's energy mm. the, the, the like the lift you feel is incredible yeah and actually i'm reading a book right called um the celestial prophecy this, this prophet says yeah. that basically at some point in this era the whole world will be awakened to this energy. Mm-hmm. And I think this is it, this is it, because I think people are now more aware of energy than they ever have been before. And we've been starved of it in a way yeah. as well. And, so it, and we're it craving it more. That, yeah, yeah, it okay. took that for people to realize like nature, they, like 
we were just going at such a rapid rate. Like mm. none of us were even cared about any of it. Sure, it was mumbo jumbo, witch, witchery. That's witchery stuff. We yeah, burnt yeah, yeah. the stake for talking about energies, do you know? Yeah, yeah. But now we're just so aware of it. It's like, this is real. Like, this is so powerful. Like, because we feel it when you're on your own for a certain amount of time and then you spend time with other people, you realise, oh God, like this is real. Like this yeah. force is like incredible. So it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, we could be, we could actually do this 24 hours. <laughs> I know, yeah. Shane would be like, okay, <laughs> six hour yeah, podcast. We should hear our voice notes to each other like, holy <laughs> God. <laughs> okay, last question, I promise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are, what's, what are the future plans for Peachy Lean? Because obviously you're a woman who's constantly thinking and creating and going, Does, I want to expand, I want to build. What else do you want to do with it? So this year was, as we said, an incredibly tough book very rewarding year for our business. So we grew like 300% this year. So our vision for the future is, okay, so we sell confidence in the form of spandex and nylon, confidence and support in the form of spandex and nylon. But our vision really is to empower women and it's not going to be through fitness where it's going to be through all different types of things. But like we are going to blow up next year and I just want people who connect with us to to believe enough in themselves when they walk away from us or haven't touched off us they will believe in themselves so much so that they'll achieve their dreams and that's it that's what we're going to do for people and I, I, I just want to say again as an honorary board member <laughs> <laughs> I want to be part of this <laughs> this movement you're already part of it you're already you're a part a, of it you're a powerhouse <laughs> you're an absolute powerhouse and uh, that term can only be used for certain people. Um, this has been really special and I'm so, I've, I've just so much admiration for you. Oh, thanks. For just being so open and honest. I hope you're feeling okay now because that was tough. That was yeah. a tough chat. Yeah, but look, like, I always said this, if you can help one person sitting at home mm. who's struggling with that inner critic and that inner voice, if they want to reach out, please do. Um, it doesn't ever have to be the way it can always be better and you have people that love you so that's all I and I'll always be real I'll always I'll always try and help people that way yeah so thank you for giving me the opportunity thank you thank you love you sorry for making you cry <laughs> no never never be sorry never be sorry about that my god <laughs> I wish we'd go for a drink now. <laughs> if you enjoyed this chat, please show your support by leaving a rating or a little comment on Apple or by clicking follow on Spotify. I'd be so thankful. You've been listening to Ready to Be Real Conversations. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.